Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola. Joining us on the remote, Jason Cross. Hi, Jason. Hello. In studio with Leif Johnson. Howdy, everyone. And Dan Masuoka, the most important man in the room. Hello, hello. So today, this Welcome to the Macworld Podcast is the podcast where we talk about anything Apple-related, technology-related. Today's show, we're going to talk about uh, AMD and Apple. We're also going to talk about iPhone sales. In particular... Uh, things that may have influenced uh, the sale of particular iPhones. There was a story that came out, was it yesterday? I believe so. Yeah, yeah it's, the days are a blur for me. You know, <laughs> the beginning of the year. I took the I took first week of January off, so now I'm still kind of like, where am I? What, what am I doing? Uh, that um, one thing that was uh, maybe not considered when it came to uh, what influenced uh, iPhone sales? It was Monday, if it matters. Well, yeah, it was Monday. Um, what, in, what what possibly influenced? Uh, so Apple's been saying that China, China's China's what screwed up our sales. Yeah. But one thing they that kind of came up uh, was that you know Apple last year ran this year long iPhone battery replacement program for. $29. $29. That's, that's a pretty good deal. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, factor that in with the idea that uh, people aren't upgrading their phones as often as they used to mm-hmm. could factor into the, the sale of current iPhones. Yeah, I think so. they said so, the report said something like it was more than five times, something like eight times as many battery replacements as they usually do a year. Right. Yeah. Which of course makes sense because everybody got mad about the battery <laughs> warning, like the 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 slowing down the phones thing because Apple didn't communicate that well. It's this whole big ripple effect. They they messed up communicating what they were doing with the phone slowing down so that your phone doesn't shut down. <laughs> Right. And that got everybody mad about the battery thing. So they offered these cheap battery replacements. So they replaced eight times as many batteries and then everybody kept their phone. Yeah. And you have all these people saying, you know, that, uh, oh, well, it's, it's at 90 percent. You know, I'm going to still go in and get a get a replacement. Yeah. So it right. wasn't just like, you know, my phone can barely run anymore. It was people preparing for the future because. yeah, and Plus, it was so cheap. Yeah. It's twenty nine so. bucks. You know, I, I knew cheap. someone that still wouldn't get her phone battery replaced. She, an iPhone six. And she still wouldn't get that thing replaced, even with 29 bucks. It's like, sorry. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. And then also iOS 12 really pushed uh, making old devices run faster. Yes. Right. That was a right. big part That's of it. Uh, they, they, it was the first thing they talked about, actually, when they announced iOS 12. Like, performance, yeah. performance, especially on old devices. And it does. It really does feel a lot snappier. Yeah. So I think when you add all those things together, everybody got that stuff by the time the new iPhones came out. And then they thought, well, I maybe I don't need a new iPhone. I just got a new battery, right? And now it runs faster. And then they thought, well, maybe I'm not going to upgrade this year. So Apple's problem is customer satisfaction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can personally say. So I finally got my my two sons' phones this year, and I bought my youngest son an iPhone Seven. That's what he wanted. And then I was going to buy my older son a new phone, but I was like. Oh, wait a minute, I can just take my old 6S Plus and replace the battery. And he wanted a bigger yeah. phone anyways. And, you know, they they you know, use Instagram and 
you know, all these social apps. So it's not, and he doesn't really game with it a lot. So it's uh-huh. not like he needed the top performing phone. Yeah, so he funny. was happy with the 6S Plus. And I was like, well, I only have to up, upgrade that battery for 29 bucks instead of buying a new phone. So, mm-hmm. so I was one of those people who upgraded. Well, I actually did both. Then. Right, <laughs> did both. yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, it was 29 bucks. It was a good deal. And it was, um, the only problem for me was uh, I had to go in twice to get it because like, they were so backed up uh, of doing these uh, battery replacements that I had to go drop it off. I couldn't just wait. They had me come in again and pick it up. So, mm. but that's not such a big deal. Yeah. So, but uh, even here in San Francisco, I still see a lot of people with home button iPhones. So you know that's that's you know people are happy with them. They like they like that comfort and stuff. So and if you replace the battery, it keeps going. So yeah, that battery deal is no longer available. It ended at the end of the, of last year still better than it was though it was like 50 bucks isn't it so is, isn't it 79 bucks oh, it's now 79. it was 50 dollars sorry I'm yeah a, yeah i think it's 79 right. down which still is you know that's a lot cheaper than buying a new phone it's not 29 bucks. but that's still a lot yeah. right <laughs> compared to 29 dollars yeah yeah so okay yeah that's crazy yeah so how much do we have an idea of how much it actually costs them to do like you know, at twenty nine, were they losing money? Do we? Do I we, think the report was they were losing money. They on had that. to have been. That's, yeah, uh, I mean, just on it, the labor time too. You know, when you add, when you factor in all the parts, mm, I don't yeah. think the battery itself probably cost much more than twenty nine. But they got to distribute them to all the stores, and then someone's got to actually pull apart your phone and put right. it in. I believe this so. was an actual gesture of goodwill from Tim Cook. You know, we yeah. we made a mistake. Let's fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sort of damage control for. You know, I mean, they also they were doing the right thing for the right reasons when they were saying, hey, we're going to slow down your phone, your older phone, if its battery wear is such that it doesn't deliver the, that peak voltage yeah. to, to run at peak speeds. You know, it was kind of misreported that they're slowing down all the old phones. Yes. Well, they're not if your battery's not worn. Right. But a lot of people's battery is worn after two years of charging and discharging. Because um, you can imagine how many more, much more angry people would have been if their phones just didn't work, and they were. Yes. That's why. But you they know, were. If you they had were this epidemic like, of phones. People were like, "Oh, come on, phone just randomly restarts." Well, yes. because it's trying to ramp up real high, and the battery can't deliver. Yeah. So to so, fix the issue yeah, is basically the best they could have done. Yeah. yeah, they didn't. But they didn't communicate any of that well at all, mm-hmm. and then they had to do all this damage control, and then yeah. it maybe influenced upgrades. It certainly. Maybe it didn't influence upgrades in China, which is where they said there was a problem, but it may have prevented them from kind of making up that difference right, in the right. U.S. and Europe where they were – where people are like – you know, they, they were running all these like upgrade promo deals, get more money for your trade-in and stuff. Yeah. And maybe those just weren't as successful as they otherwise would have been because everybody said, well, I just got a new battery. Yeah. So just to clarify, I'm looking this up um, – that the iPhone 10, 10s, the, the 10s series, and the 10R are sixty nine dollars to replace the battery, but all the older ones are forty nine dollars. Oh, so that's that where I was thinking of fifty. So that's okay. right. Remember when okay. I said fifty? I, I forgot stand that. corrected. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah. So we actually asked. We did a poll on Twitter yesterday to see what people did. We asked if uh, people replaced their iPhone battery instead of buying a new phone. Wow. Uh, 27% got the battery instead, 35% got an iPhone, not a battery, and 38% didn't do either. And a few people commented that, that 
like Mr. McTaylor on Twitter. Uh, he said he got both. So, <laughs> that's yeah, something it, like I did, but I, although yes. I was shopping for two people, but, uh, but that's yeah. still that one, one of those two was getting the battery instead. Yeah. It would, you would have bought two phones instead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's a lot, that's a significant number that, I mean, I know it's the Macworld pot Twitter readers, so it's right. not, you know, it's a little self-selecting, but 27% of, you know, people who are enough of a fan to, to yeah. get Macworld said, I, not, not only did I just get a, I got a battery, but I got a battery and I would have gotten a phone instead, but yeah. I got the battery instead. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a significant chunk. Yeah. So anyways, um, I have a question. Yes, so yes, do you. you think I was trying to think of a transition. I can, uh, <laughs> I like, that oh, like I that having more people with older iPhones, we know that it does mean they don't sell newer ones, but do you think it expands Apple's overall market at all or not really? Cause then they, cause then they could, you know, right. turn that into, you know, services and make money elsewhere in the ecosystem if they can keep people, you know, at least on the iPhone. This has been a big topic lately is as Apple has said, we're transitioning our company to, to make services a bigger part of the company mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and a bigger part of our revenue. And they're launching new services and stuff like that. And we'll see new services launch over the next couple of years. People are speculating there'll be some health thing. We've got a big TV video thing. They're obviously working on. Um, and then of course there's all the iCloud stuff. They sell additional storage and everything. So, um, I think Apple's never, n- never chased market share mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. <laughs> they they do want to sell products, but they've never been like, we have to be number one in market share. But I think that formula might change a little bit as they grow services because that's their best inroads into services. Everybody yeah. says, oh, the, as we talked about last week, the you know, putting their services on the smart TVs uh, is because they're growing into a services business. Well, that's true, but still the number one way to sell more Apple services is to sell more iPhones. Right. <laughs> more than Mac, more than anything else, people who get an iPhone end up getting Apple's services, and that's, I think, the best transition. So maybe once they launch more services and they have more of a service company, then it becomes less important to make profit on iPhones and more important to get market share to get people into those services. Maybe it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, One thing that I was, I I was trying to think, trying to think this out and I think I finally figured (laughs) out out what I wanted to say was, so one thing that I'd be interested in seeing is like iPhone sales in maybe two years because mm-hmm. theoretically yes. these older phones that people have replaced with battery will last what two years more yeah sure then they'll get to that point where they'll want to upgrade and if in two years in what 2021 we'll see like this like steep increase in iphone sales revenue because those people who are you like my son using the 6s plus uh-huh. his batteries finally you know, it's got that two-year kind of down cycle going, and yeah. it's time for him to get a new phone. Some big gap in quality between his phone and whatever's the right, right. And then the gap, exactly, the gap is bigger now because yes. it's mm-hmm. now it's four years. So, so what you're saying is, in a year and a half, 
buy a bunch of Apple stock. <laughs> Is that uh, what you're yeah. saying? I'm not a uh, what a stock yeah. professional. I'm not an invest investor. Uh, what are they? Investment professional. So I I hesitate to give uh, stock advice. But uh, there's something to look out for in like a year and a half, two years. I can't so. tell if you're winking at the camera right now, Roland. No, <laughs> no, no. People, people might be like, "Are you winking so, or squinting?" I'm squinting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm squinting. So yeah, yeah. So, something that you know be interesting to see that happens in two or four years on the Macintosh side is uh, Apple switch yeah. switching processors. <laughs> uh, you know there have been rumors that Apple was working on doing its own uh, processors for laptops, but uh, mm-hmm. Jason came up with a thought thought piece uh, last week about why Apple should switch to AMD processors and. This has kind of been a topic that's been in the kind of Apple sphere for a while. Yeah. But it, now it, now with the whole Apple making their own processors thing and Intel and their, I guess, performance issues, I don't know if, if it's really a controversy or not. They've had some manufacturing problems with their 10 nanometer chips. Yeah. It's not really like a performance problem per se, but it, they've had a little setbacks. Right. And then AMD's been really kicking butt. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's a little more of a top of mind kind of topic now. And Jason kind of brought it up. Do you want to elaborate on what you were thinking there, Jason, on this whole? AMD? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the the thing Apple has to do, I think a lot of people agree, is I mean, they want to take control of their own destiny. Number one, but number two, if they really want to innovate on the Mac and make it more different than something you can't get anywhere else, they need to make their own processors and all the little sub processors and stuff that go within it, all their machine learning stuff and everything else. And they kind of start to do that with the T2, but they just need to go all in. They can't do that all at once. They can't go from the MacBook, the 12 inch MacBook to the Mac pro with 18 or more cores for running, you know, big workstation loads and stuff all in one they can't make chips for all that at once so it makes sense to start at that the low end the consumer end that's all about battery life and low power because their chips are most like that already now the right. the iPad Pro the new iPad Pro's A12x is already faster than what's in a MacBook mm-hmm. you know or a MacBook Air so you start there where the software is less of an issue too, because most of the stuff people are using are stuff that comes from Apple. They're using right. Safari and they're using they're not using Premiere, they're not using Maya or 3D modeling programs or scientific modeling programs. Um, and you start there transitioning Mac to Mac OS to ARM and putting your processors there. And then over the next couple of years, you build more bigger, more powerful processors until you all the Macs have Apple processors in them and Mac OS is all on ARM and all the, you know, all the developers of all the apps have updated all their stuff for ARM. Um, in the meantime, though, I think they should kick Intel to the curb for AMD, at least on the desktop stuff, because AMD's Ryzen processors are better bang for the buck and just straight up better performance on the workstation side the the threadripper stuff is way better than what they put in the iMac Pro or are expected to put in the Mac Pro um but for do- the kinds of workloads that 
Apple really cares about, which is all this creative professional stuff, as opposed to games. Games is not as right. big a deal on Mac as it is on the PC. That's the only place AMD is not kicking Intel's butt is games. And this year they might even do that with games because these third gen Ryzen stuff they just showed off at CES is looking really good. I was just gonna say that I you know Apple would definitely have to, you know, prioritize core count or thread mm-hmm. count over clock speed. Yeah. Um, which has kind of, you know, been the debate on the on the Windows side. For this for this uh, if they use today's processors, yes, but if they're they started it with the third gen Ryzen stuff that they just showed at CES, maybe not. Uh, we don't know what those clock speeds are, but just judging from what they've shown us, they may be neck and neck or better than Intel there. Um, and Intel's new next generation core stuff, their Sunny Cove core and stuff, that's not expected until the end of this year. And then only in the ultralight laptops, the desktop stuff isn't expected till next year. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is when the time is right for them to explore that. Plus, we know how much... AMD, I mean, we AMD. You know how much Apple loves to dual source. They love to have to pit competitors against each other. Right. So they could say, oh, you know, Intel, maybe on their laptops, maybe the laptops that they haven't put their own processors in yet, like a MacBook Pro. And then on the desktop, all the AMD. And they have such a relationship with AMD already because mm-hmm. they do all their discrete GPUs are AMD. They haven't done NVIDIA GPUs in a Mac in years. So there's there's a relationship there. The the question is, could they do it? And there's a question from Luke Taylor that I'm uh, maybe you can answer is, can they okay. double or triple the speed of A processors by adding active coding? Which I'm active not sure. coding. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. Neither am I. I have to look that up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with that term. While you're looking that up, just. Because we have, we tend to have a more Apple Mac iOS based audience. They may not be familiar with how AMD and Intel works on the PC side. So PCs are right. a, a Intel and AMD base, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the user doesn't experience anything different. Correct? Like there's there's nothing you have right. to do to yeah make the, it work. The chips, they're both x86 and x64 instruction sets. Uh, some of the Intel's got a few extensions that AMD doesn't have yet or something. But for the most part, if you write an app, it'll for, work. Yeah. It, it'll work. Yes. Your compiler will take care of some flags for some minor optimizations. Now, if you really want to super fine-tune optimize, you, there's a little work you have to do. But it's nothing like, oh, I'm, it's for ARM. You know, like that. that's right. a huge change. It's, it's pretty much the same thing. So... 99.9% of the apps would just work. Yeah. And developers who want to go in and really like get the best out of those AMD processors, it's a few weeks worth of digging around doing some optimization work. It's not like, oh, I've got to rewrite my whole app. Right. right. Uh, so McTaylor, actually, it was a typo. Uh, it meant active cooling, mm-hmm. not coding. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I don't mean, think always... too. Yeah, but I don't think to double or triple the speed not nearly. No, yeah. uh, they could they could get probably fifteen or twenty percent. I mean, there's just a ceiling on how high you can crank clock speeds, and there's a nonlinear rep- uh, relationship between the clock speeds and the sort of voltage and power that they end up using. So even if you could just like really ramp up the clock speeds on 
an active cooled like A12X, you would also start to really chew into its biggest benefit of battery life. But they don't need to. They're already in, in their power in the power profile we're talking about in the stuff for a MacBook Air or something like that. They're already talking about being faster than Intel's chips, right? right. So making one for a MacBook Pro and then moving up to the iMac Pro or something like that. You could never power an iMac Pro with an A12X just by throwing active a bunch of active cooling on there and just cranking the clock speeds way up. You definitely need to make a bigger, more powerful chip to satisfy that market. So one thing that you brought up in your article is that uh, AMD processors are cheaper than Intel processors. Yeah. Um, but somehow I don't think that savings would necessarily be passed on to the consumer. No, because Apple likes hope- its margins. App, yeah, but that's that's one reason Apple might do it. Right, right, right. They love their margins, <laughs> and it gives them more margin. Right, and it's margin they can spend elsewhere. Like they might true, determine true. we want to make a thousand dollars worth of profit on the Mac Pro, and then if they're saving. You know, we're talking about the workstation chips here. So a Threadripper can be hundreds of dollars less than the Xeons that they're competing with. Yeah. You know, just just that. And they could do they could give you some more RAM. They could give you a bigger hard drive. They could do something like that and still make their big fat margin. So there's ways they could give more to the consumer. And, or they could just pocket that money. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, so I like doing yeah, um, yeah. It's an interesting, you know, it's interesting thing that I should mention. You know, I don't think for a minute that it'll happen. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been thinking that this whole time. Yeah. It's funny though, but it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, uh, certainly that's on the exactly desktop. why it wouldn't happen. Yeah, so. I mean, uh, on the on laptops, you can make a much different argument. The AMD is not, you know, really kicking Intel's butt in laptop chips in the same way. Um, and in, that's that's the area that Intel's sort of innovating in the most is in yeah. those thin and light laptops. So even if they weren't replacing with their own chips and laptops, you could see them going, okay, Intel's for the thin and light laptops, and then all our desktop stuff is AMD, and that would be fine. That wouldn't cause like developer worry or anything. Yeah, but would it cause you know the, Apple's had this long relationship with Intel? Do you think that right. you know that they would mm-hmm. say? You know, that would cause some animosity right there. It was like, well, totally. why aren't you using this for the iMac? Yeah, so, yeah no, it totally would, which is, I mean, I, th- I think Apple historically seems to like that kind of thing. Like, well, give us a better price, yes. you know? Yeah, like, right. it's leverage, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to get better parts, better price, something like that. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, be interesting to see how that how this develops, how the whole ARM thing develops. I mean, this is a long-term thing that's going to happen, that, or that we think is going to happen. It just seems there, the signs are there that it that it will happen. It'll be really curious to see what they do in the Mac Pro. Yes, yeah, that's because if it just if they put the latest Xeon in it, which is kind of what I expect, um, that'll be fine until you know this fall when those Threadripper things come out. You're going to be looking at a PC that can run Premiere way faster than a mac pro yeah i mean already that you could dollars for dollars you're like yeah you pay a premium for the apple stuff but that doesn't necessarily mean it's slower mm-hmm. but it could be considerably slower yeah. and time is money for a lot of these you know pro workload stuff so 
it there there might be leaving some serious performance on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On those works, I mean, if if AMD comes out with a sixty four core, hundred twenty eight thread, third gen Threadripper this fall, which is a very distinct awesome. possibility. I mean, it's, it's kind of what it, people expect. It's what the Epic uh, chips that their server chips that they're based on are going to be doing. Yeah, that could just kick the snot out of any. I don't know, 32 core, whatever they, whatever <laughs> Intel can do. Intel right now is maxing out at 18 cores in those workstation Xeons. Even if they up that, they may not be able to compete. Yeah. 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 WWDC. We'll see this Ju- June. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, that'll be an indicator of what Apple's doing with its hardware. So it'll be interesting to see. So, um, there are a few other little news items that came out over the past week that, you know, we could kind of just hit quickly. Like this morning, there was a CNBC came out with with a report that Apple has been talking to uh, private Medicare plans about subsidize, subsidizing the Apple Watch. So seems interesting because Apple or St- T- T- Tim Cook was on. He did an interview recently and mm-hmm. kind of emphasized how the Apple Watch uh, their you know health is kind of their big thing now for for the Apple Watch. Yeah, he said mm-hmm. that if he wants, if he believes that Apple will be remembered for any one thing, it'll be health. So I thought that yeah. was an interesting quote. Yeah, yes. Apple a day. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think that they're they've have a lot of um, that they're going to be doing a lot in health beyond what they're doing now. Right. They're not doing. I mean, look, fall detection and the heart rate stuff and ECG, <laughs> right. It's great. I, you know, no doubt, but it's, it's not the kind of thing where it's like Apple's going to be remembered for this contribution to health. So, but there's always been, they're working with your health records in, in Apple health. There's been talk of like, they want to do more with healthcare. They might actually have their own Apple healthcare for Apple uh, employees. employees. Right. And everybody's like, well, they'll roll it out all over the country. I don't think Apple's going to sell health insurance, no. but some I think there's more. I think there's some sort of service coming, some sort of health service. Who knows what that would be? Yeah, yeah. That's- I mean, our audience is probably not the best question, but I was just to ask this. But I was just thinking about how, like, would you trust Apple with your healthcare information, and would you trust Google with your healthcare information? I would trust Apple more than Google. Yeah. Yeah. I would trust, yeah, definitely Apple more than Google. I think either one would have to be HIPAA compliant, and I think that locks down stuff enough. Mm, yeah. I, so you would you trust know, that yeah, at that point? I, I, you know, I, I don't think either one of them could offer a significant product that uses your health records or health information that's not HIPAA compliant. Mm-hmm. You know, out, anything outside of, like, exercise tracking your heart rate and stuff. Once they get into your actual, what diseases do you have? What medications do you have st- take? Stuff like that. You know, if you're not HIPAA compliant, you are dead in the water. Right. Uh, and, you know, HIPAA is pretty, you know, stringent about privacy and security of your health records. So. Yeah. Uh, Apple announced yesterday, or they didn't actually formally announce it. They just kind of released it. On their yeah. website, that uh, battery cases for the iPhone XS, XS Max, and XR are now available. They're one hundred twenty nine dollars. Yep. Um, the one thing about the Apple battery cases is 
that they're ugly. Conf- yeah, I don't what? get it. Why are they so dang ugly? So I mean, Apple's just you know supposed to be into the design and everything, and yet they come out with this case, and you kind of go, what? Huh? I, I do actually like they're like the regular silicon case, but in general, with their cases, you get the I kind of get the impression that they're like, oh, we got to do this. People want this thing. Let's just do it. Yeah. So it's not like they put their heart and soul into it like they do the rest they, of their device. They do that weird thing where <laughs> it's slim down part of the back and then there's the bump where the battery right. is instead of just making it the whole back flat and just thicker like yeah. Mophie and stuff does like the other guys do one thing i forgot to put in my article yesterday is that the new ones are a little bit more tapered so that's a little bit nicer but it's still kind of ugly yeah. yeah they do they support wireless charging which is nice mm-hmm. yeah that's nice um the thing they do that none of the third party ones do is they uh have a lightning connector yes yeah. Um, whereas some of the third-party ones leave a hole so that you can access your own lightning connector, mm-hmm. but to charge the battery pack themselves, they're all like USB-C, USB-C or micro USB. Yeah. Um, but and and there's uh, someone I think from Wirecutter got got one already mm. early, oh, and, really? and, and they're much lower capacity than the old ones. Oh man! Like half, like thirteen hundred oh, wow. milliamp hours instead of over 2000 or you know i'm gonna have to update that. at least that's the iphone 10s one i don't know i don't know if they got the 10r one or or anything so yeah they don't i mean apple doesn't really state the capacity on the site they just say like Mm -hmm. gives you this many hours of talk time which i don't know what that right i I, you know nobody makes phone calls and they go (laughs) 10 hours of talk time and i go that's not a useful (laughs) metric yeah so when i wrote the article i focused on the internet use they gave that stat yeah that's a better better stat so they yeah they give that stuff and it's not so it's apparently a lot less than it used to be yeah and wow that's so and uh, expensive, full. expensive, ugly, and small. Yeah. But pro- in terms of like seamlessly working with your product, you know, right. lightning and Qi wireless charging and stuff like that, you know, one of the best. Yeah. And you can see in the you know in the notification center, you can see the battery level as you would with the AirPods. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. That battery widget. So, uh, the 2019 iPhone rumor mill is starting to churn. So. <laughs> Uh, there have been a few renders of the three-camera system for the iPhone. God, it's ugly. I hope it's another. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of ugly, yeah. the first, yeah, that first one where like it's a big square in the corner <laughs> with like offset uh, lenses. That yeah. was. I can't imagine that they will do that, but it looks like one of those third-party peripherals that you kind of tack on to the, the yes. lens. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> so you know the, they would. The uh, sites that posted these renders emphasize that these were early prototypes. So yeah, they say these are renders of legit, like Apple's actually considering this, uh-huh. but yeah. but they have multiple prototypes, and these are the different prototypes. The thing I find odd about these renders, though, is that aren't these renders? Uh, they're they're essentially current iPhone photos that look like that have the cameras stuck onto them. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're not, I, I thought maybe they would be original renders of, you know, different, you know, do you know what I mean? That, they might be. I'm not sure if they're shopped. Origi- uh, yeah. I, I guess that's what I'm trying to they're... say. They look like shopped mm-hmm. current yeah. iPhone photos. I, you know, if they were renders of, uh, prototypes i would think that they would be you know different positions or you know the the, 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 yeah, the, the renders would look a little more original than they do yeah. now mm. so i'm not you know 
I guess there is a whole cottage industry of people making stuff yes. to yes. look like Apple's stuff. Yeah. Like you, you always see these um, designers who make iOS 13 feature videos where yeah. it's like their imagining of what is going to be in it. And it right. looks like an Apple video. Like they really right. nail the zooms and transitions and animation and stuff. You know, I think half it's the time cool. those are all sort of, um, Resumes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Yes. Like, please hire me. Right. <laughs> They're being submitted for a job. So, yeah. yeah. Um, another announcement was that DuckDuckGo is now using Apple Maps. I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. That they were- Yeah, they had they used to use OpenStreetMap, and now they've, they've switched to Apple Maps because um, one of those things Apple didn't really – publicize a lot but they announced that last year's wwdc that there's this thing called mapkit js which is a a javascript library to let you put apple maps on your websites Mm -hmm. and it's free with a limited number of like you know api calls for anyone who's a developer you know you need more you have to work out a business deal apparently that's what duckduckgo is doing I'm still not fully happy with Apple Maps, and I live in what is literally the best place to use it. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, but uh, yeah, there was something that it gave me, you know, uh, you know, not a very good route to go to that place the other day, and I was like, mm-hmm. man, compared to Google Maps, and and I and, hey, I, and speaking of routes, DuckDuckGo does not do directions with uh-huh. Apple Maps. Mm, right. It will it will kick open your Maps app on a on an iOS device or or a Mac. Mm-hmm. On another device, it'll it'll open Bing or Google. There's a little drop-down menu of what you want to do. But if you want directions, mm-hmm. it doesn't use Apple Maps, which is part of MapKit, so the MapKit JS. So I maybe they just haven't done it yet or no. something. I don't know. And I thought we'd wrap up this episode of the MacWorld podcast with the story that will never die, that is, <laughs> or the product that will never die, and that is the Apple AirPower. No. Supposedly it's coming. Supposedly yeah. it is coming. Uh, there was a story, was it last week or was it even longer than that? I think it was last week. Last week, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. about yeah. how Apple has kind of figured out how to make it work yeah. <laughs> and that it, it could be coming soon. And then there was a story that came out, uh, I think it was this morning, about how the Malaysian, the Malaysian Apple site mentions mm-hmm. air power. Huh. And, and it's battery case uh, product description. Hmm. The before mentioned battery. After, before well, mentioned. Air Power was mentioned in the new. Yeah, and the documentation pack. for the iPhone. Yeah. 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 So uh, they, but they, we'll the, the rumor is it's in production now, yeah. which means, you know. This is one of those things. Up. I'll believe it when I see it. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I wonder we'll if they it. just kind of, if it's just like these uh, battery cases where they just kind of. Yeah. Right, Put it live on the it site. Don't tell. It just shows up, and they don't tell anyone. At this point, it's embarrassing. Just right. Just put it on the site. Yeah. And not. I thought about putting in that in there yesterday, but I, I figured that would be too much. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. There hasn't been any like last year. There were rumors of a. There was the educate. When was the education event? Was I think that it was March, March last it was year? March. Yeah. There hasn't been any rumors of a of a event before. Uh, between now and WWDC, so maybe right. yeah, maybe it would just show up on on Apple's website sometimes. So, but uh, yeah, if you've been holding out for AirPower, uh, your wait may be 
over sooner than later. And after this embarrassing wait, I <laughs> I would be willing to bet that's how they're going to do it. It's just going to appear because after, they don't want the embarrassment of fanfare. What do you think it'll cost? One hundred and forty nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds right. To sounds. Me. I'm gonna even go like 169. Oh, I would yeah. buy. It. Believe it or not, I wouldn't right. buy it at 169, but I would buy it at 149. But, but what is a, how much either. is a good <laughs> how much is a good charger go about nowadays? Like 50 bucks. 50 bucks. A good wireless charger yes. for, to charge one thing. Yeah. I mean, you can't put your phone and your watch and your new AirPods with the wireless case, right. <laughs> charging case, all on it at the same time. But you can, you know, one one good. Qi charger is 50 bucks. Yeah, so three times that is 100. Yeah. I'm going to say, and you know, it's at a little more. It's not even a good way to charge your watch no. it's, most of the time because if you don't have a band that unclasps and lays right, flat, right. you can't really lay it on a flat pad. You have to yeah. put it on a. So. And see, that's what's been worrying me because I, you know, I have one of those Mophie wireless chargers and mm -hmm. I would hope that it would work, but the Apple Watch does not charge with it. So, you yeah. know, you actually have to use yeah. the little circular one and it's annoying. So, you know, if, you know, if you're a constant Apple Watch user and you have an iPhone, obviously, that would be really nice to have a pad that actually works for yeah. both of them. Yeah. Uh, so I think that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 636. I'd like to thank Jason on the remote. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Thank Life. Thank you, Roman. Thanks to our producer, Dan. You're welcome. Uh, join us next week. We usually broadcast Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. If there's a time change, we'll let you know on the website. Uh, check the website, macworld.com, for topics. Of course, if you have any comments or questions that, you know, that aren't necessarily related to the topics, you know, we're happy to hear them. Uh, join us next week on Twitter and on YouTube. Uh, see you next week. Later. Later.